Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, what a difference a week makes on the Batter Up podcast. Willie P., Joe Patrick, and Caleb Johnson here with you. It's game week, although it does feel a little weird. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you because we've been ramping up to this point, and I almost feel like, guys, uh, as we bring you guys in, I'm almost kind of nervous because of what's here and what's not here. Hello, Joe Patrick. Hello, Willie P. (laughs) Hello, Caleb Johnson. What's going on? All right, so we got some good news on Friday, and we got some not-so-good news. Freddy's back, Tukey's back, Yasiel Puig's not. How will you remember the Yasiel Puig era, Joe Patrick? What a wild day that was. I was actually doing updates. I was working Mike Conti's shift from 12 to 6 at the radio station, so it was a wild day. Like My updates all day were almost purely (laughs) Braves news. It was just a a rundown of Braves stuff going on that day. Uh, I had to run into the producer's room to tell Craig that Yasiel Puig had announced that he had tested positive, which was just like, <laughs> it reminded me, my first thought when I saw it was just like, why can't we have nice things? Why can't we have nice things? Like, Yasiel Puig was like above and beyond what I think anybody expected, you know, the Braves to do in terms of making a splash coming into the season. In fact, you know, the Braves have kind of been notorious for the ones who don't spend um, right. that kind of thing. And especially coming into a season like this where we went through this whole labor negotiation that had obviously all to do with money and things like that. Then to have them, it was so optimistic or it was just made you feel so good that they were going to go out and spend some money to try to bolster the roster after Nick Marcakis opted out. And then for that to happen was disappointing, but I'm not giving up hope yet. Yeah, Caleb, it was uh, rough news that we got on Friday afternoon, but I know that when... I found out Freddie was back and that Freddie was not only hitting Friday, but also played in the simulated games scrimmages on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I know that his timing probably isn't where it needs to be right now, but if anything, he's probably okay to at least start out as a DH, I would think, no? Yeah, I think so. First off, going back to 
for for people who listened to our last podcast, we actually didn't get into Puig because it didn't happen yeah, until like an right. hour or two after we recorded. That was one of those things. I, I was talking to my wife, and I was like, "Of course, that news breaks literally an hour or so after we get off this it podcast." Literally had just posted the podcast. And yeah, it, was, it broke, and I'm like, "Really?" Yeah. So it was one of those like, "Okay, great," and it's so funny that we're well, I I say funny. It's just strange. How we're a week later, and it's like, well, Puig's still not on the roster. Uh, <laughs> that's why you never hustle, right there. That's that's yeah. that's why you never hustle. Yeah, exactly. You know, because I was, it was one of those like, do we go emergency like, pod on this yeah. or no? Uh, because a week later, he's not there. Even though uh, I am kind of like Joe, where I'm a I'm a bit confused on the Puig news, where everyone once he tested positive, you know, everyone was saying, well, the Braves said. If he tested positive, then then that was one of the ways that the deal was going to be voided. However, when he tests negative in a week or two, the Braves are going to sign him, I have to assume, just because like that need doesn't go away. It's just, uh, you know, they kicked the can a little bit further down the road because he tested positive right now, and that was contingent upon him, you know, passing his physical or whatever. Getting back to Freddie... Freddie said something in his first press conference back that has been replaying a lot on on our station as far as since we're we're running uh, CBS Sports Network on the weekends and such that this whole idea of him having the 104.5 fever, you know, just just asking God not to take him kind of stuff, just absolutely horrific to hear the how scary it got for Freddie in, in that point when you know when it was at when the virus in him was at its worst and then he's just like back on the field and you know that that same smile is there and he's excited to play baseball again and I'm one just slightly confused because you know I see his his wife is posting on Instagram that they had this like deep cleaning done of their house uh you know getting rid of any you know, uh, germs or anything of that nature. Uh, and I'm, and I'm like, wait, Nick Marcakis literally opted out of the season because he talked to you on the <laughs> phone and was like, Oh nah, I heard his voice and I'm Hell out. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. I, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And you're the one talking about you're, you're laying with a one Oh four fever asking God not to take you saying that, if you had been able to get hold of the the Braves team trainer, I'm blanking on his name right now. I think Scott. Uh, I can't remember his last I think name. George. But, George. Oh, George. Uh, okay. I forget the last name. Uh, but if you could have gotten him on the phone, you would have been in the emergency room or whatever. Right. And and then now we're back playing baseball and like everything's you know hunky dory as they say. And I don't I don't know. I mean, more power to the man. Like that is that is a I salute you. You're an American hero, you know, like, you know, jokingly, obviously. But it's one of those, I, I can't believe he's back playing and everything's great. Here's my problem with everything. And, and I won't say maybe it's not, maybe problem is the wrong word. But the one thing that I have realized is that this is going to season, be a season that is born on fluidity. Like, day-to-day, your circumstances are going to change. We were even talking about it uh, before we went on the air, guys. Uh, the pitching rotation, I think if you asked us a month ago, given a lot of assumptions and given a lot of, I think, casual hopes, 
you probably felt very optimistic about where this pitching rotation is right now. But as we sit here in game week, you have Mike Soroka, you have Max Freed. We believe that for this first series, it's going to be Sean Newcomb starting third. I'm wondering if that's a matchup situation with the Mets because they don't believe in the Mets' ability to hit left-handed pitching. Not necessarily sure why or if it's just where Newcomb is compared to the rest of the guys. And then fourth, you have Mike fulton possibly to start the Rays series. And then at five, it's like, do you go Kyle Wright? Tuki Toussaint's not stretched out. Uh, there's Josh Tomlin who's possibly in the mix. All I'm saying, and Bryce Wilson's looked like a gas can compared to basically, you know, everything that we said about him before. My Twitter all come true. Right. It's all come true. So, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, guys, this is like, you're going to feel like you go through the emotional ringer with every game, every series. And I know that we said that going in, but I don't know if we actually knew what it looked like until we get to this week. Because I'm sitting here this week, and I'm looking at every game. I'm seeing a lot of teams, especially the ones that we're about to play, that don't look good. We have our own issues, and I just it's like going to be like praying every night that nobody either tests positive or comes up with an injury because that's the other thing too is that it's not as if COVID is the only ailment that can keep you from playing. we got Johan Camargo who's got a hamstring right now, and your depth all of a sudden in position players is somewhat suspect right now, especially after not getting Puig. You really don't know what you can expect from Freddie just yet. And like I said, the pitching rotation, not exactly what we thought it was going to be right now. Yeah, I, from almost every player that we've talked to during this month or what, however long it's been of summer camp these last couple of weeks, almost every player to a T had said that the, the defining characteristic of the team, the teams that succeed during this crazy season that we're about, that's about to unfold are going to be the teams that are able to adjust and are able to adapt to the circumstances that present themselves. Because you're right, there are going to be positive COVID cases that arise for some teams, if not every team is probably going to have at least a player or two that test positive at some point this season. You're going to have different kinds of injuries because you've got a different ramp up to the season. So you might have pitchers that um, you know aren't ready, able to prepare themselves like they normally would in a typical spring training, muscle injuries like we're seeing with Johan Camargo. I think that those are types of things that we could continue to see pop up. So I think that you're totally right that you know the ability to adapt is going to be so key this season. And I also think that you know, we've talked about it before, but squad depth is going to be just as important. And I think that we sometimes get bogged down when we talk about the Braves or, you know, whenever people are talking about their baseball teams, talking about who's going to play what position, where they're going to bat in the order, these kinds of things. I like to kind of, at least at this point in the season, before we really get into the nitty gritty of like specific games and series you need to take, I think it's just more important to look at the squad from like a, a 30,000 foot view and just say like who what are the pieces that we have on this roster how are they going to be able to help us this season like obviously a lot of the talk has been about Austin Riley Johan Camargo which one's gonna play third base which one's you know is gonna platoon in the outfield etc etc Brian Snicker does not seem to be looking at it that way he seems to just be looking at it as like we got two third basemen and they're both going to be good. Um, you know, we'll use them when we need them. But surely these guys are both going to be productive, useful players for us that we that the Braves are going to need 
during the season, despite the fact of like which one ends up with more at-bats or how they platoon them or whatever way you want to use them, if the Braves, Braves are going to have a successful season, both of those guys are going to play a role. It's impossible to tell right now what role exactly that will be, but they'll need them both to be productive, and we're seeing that all over the place. We're seeing it with guys coming in that are going to have to replace Cole Hamels, like you mentioned, who's been sidelined now, and you know now you're going to have to see guys like um, Kyle Wright's going to step up, potentially get a spot in the starting rotation. Maybe it's a Josh Tomlin who's going to get a spot. Um, all these guys are going to be needed in a season like this, and it's hard. It's almost impossible to predict exactly how they're going to be used, but that's why you just want to build as deep of a roster with major league ready talent as possible. I think the Braves are in a fortunate position this year in the fact that their minor league system was very top heavy so they had a lot of prospects that were kind of borderline usable at the major league level and i think a lot of those guys are going to get tested this year we talked about bryce wilson i mean you know he's certainly gotten his shot during this kind of spring this summer camp hasn't really taken it like we would have liked to see but he had that at least he had that opportunity right and i think that that kind of thing is going to present itself with more and more of these players and I think we're going to see some guys emerge that maybe we didn't think so a guy like Tucker Davidson seems to be really taking that opportunity right now he's been producing really well in this summer so who knows who knows what we're going to see but I think the Braves do have the right mindset in terms of being able to adapt to what is presented this season and they've got the depth in the roster I think to be able to compete along the you know with the best teams in the NL I have been very interested to see how Snicker has laid out, you know, whether it's the rotation or just little nuggets of information he's given the media. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but with him announcing that Luke Jackson's going to be the closer for the time being, I forget what the phrasing was, but it was essentially, yeah, Luke Jackson's going to be our closer, even though we paid a lot of money to bring in a guy who is a closer who was formerly a really talented one in Detroit. It's fine, Green. We're going to go with our guy, Luke Jackson. Also, one thing that, because there is so much information, I think, going on at this time, and you also don't want to read too much into how things are laying out to start the season, the fact that <clears throat> that it was um, Soroka to start, then Max Freed, then we're going Sean Newcomb before we get to Fulte. Like, Fulte was our number one going into the playoffs just last year. So how did we get from, he went from one to four? Like, is that just is that just showing the, the improvement that these guys have made? Or, or how much, you know... Uh, I don't know, it's one of those, like, I almost go into, Fulty wasn't exactly one of the most mentally stable guys last year, you know? Right. So, <laughs> so is that being taken into account with yes. so much fluidity? And, and I also am just slightly concerned because we, uh, at least to my knowledge, like, no, we haven't spoken to him yet. And so I just, I want to know where his head's at, you know, how, how are things going in a very uh, problematic start to a very strange season when, you know, he typically needs things to, to be in some sort of normalcy um, before he starts getting in well, his head. I don't know. I almost wonder, too, guys, um, 
with the fact that you don't have pitchers stretched out as much, do you think there might be some, uh, just with the fact that you have such a condensed season, do you think there might be some configuring that Brian Snicker does, whereas, you know, he might skip Soroka in a start to save him for a, a stronger opponent, or could it be something of that nature, whereas uh, he knows that uh, you have probably a chance to use Fulton Evich at the top of the Tampa rotation, you're going to have possibly a bullpen day in that second game and then get Soroka. I mean, the, 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 it's always the goal is to win series, but the problem is that every series is so much greater now because you have less games, and so uh, I'm wondering if we might see this kind of uh, back and forth. Maybe uh, guys don't do as much bullpen work on the side in days leading up to their upcoming starts, or they they start less and things of that nature. Especially in these first two weeks, because of the fact that you just have so many variables, you want to be able to get ahead. It's so important to not you know be behind the eight ball when it comes to where your record is. And, and I think too, uh, Alex Anthopoulos said this at the beginning of uh, when we all kind of started here is that teams have kind of set a mark out in the future of that August 31st trade deadline day. That's going to be the barometer that I think people realize, okay, that's going to be where that real stretch run is for that month of September. Because once that month of September rolls around, that's when the games get really serious. I know you're laughing, Caleb. I don't no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I just realized I got got. What happened? So I saved a tweet. Uh, this would have this would have been yesterday while I was out doing things, and I saw the tweet come across. The Braves manager confirms he will use Luke Jackson as the closer until Will Smith returns. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna need that information when we record. Except for the fact that it was Dan Keats, like notorious <laughs> prankster tweeter who had changed his profile to uh, to Bill Shanks down in uh, Middle Georgia who works mm. for the ESPN station down there. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to need to go look at that later. And I just ran with it just now, and I'm, I'm very disappointed because I saw Joe looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, yeah, I thought it was strange too. And then I looked and I was like, oh, the tweet's fake. Well, I got got. I'm sorry. We, we could go back and record this again if you would like. Oh, no, it's record, fine. Record, 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 record your area if you would like to. <laughs> no. No, no one will ever know. We're, oh, no, no, we're, no, we're going to let Caleb sit with this. Yeah, we're going to let I him need sit to. with this. I need to. I just ran with it. It's, look, I, I got, got. It's hey, fine. Hey, let me, I, I need to stand up for Luke Jackson here. He gets so much crap from Braves <laughs> yeah. fandom. And listen, part of it is just that I really like him as a person. Like, I just think that he's a very unique character. He's a West Ham fan, which is bizarre. And I, whenever I hear someone is a West Ham fan, I'm always like, "Who hurt you when you were a child?" <laughs> but um, I do respect. I do respect it at least. I, re I respect it. Um, Button for punishment. He's also like the president of like an, of a gaming team, which is hilarious. I do know that. And yes. I remember after there was a game last year where he like had his gaming team come like they were like they like set up in a, like an auxiliary room right across the corridor from the Braves clubhouse and he like went in there with his t-shirt on uh <laughs> his, his gaming t-shirt after the game was like you could see them all set up on their computers I love that I, I, I just love um the personality that he shows and I think that as a pitcher obviously that's what more people are interested in and how he performs for the Braves I think that he got really hard done by last year I feel like I don't have any uh solid stats on this but I feel like I could count it would take me two hands to count the amount of times where he just kind of got like dinked around to the point where he would give up some runs like on very not 
very hard hit balls. I think a lot of people, the the lasting memory that sticks out of, of Luke Jackson last year is the home run that he gave up after Chris Martin was pulled in the NLDS that led to the Braves loss in game one. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was bad. You know, that was bad. But that was a right. weird circumstance for him to come into the yeah. game. I just like when you look at his strikeout rate, 13, over 13 strikeouts per nine innings, like that is the kind of stuff you want to see. His FIP is 3.24, very good. Like, I, I just think that he got hard done by last year. I think he's going to be a solid pitcher for the Braves this year again. You, you look at, like, he, he, I, there was a movement, or there was an um, article in The Athletic last year, and I forget who wrote it, but they were talking about some of the best pitches in the game, and it was his kind of, his slider. It's kind of like a slider. It's not not, a, not really a curveball, but it's got a lot it's of a vertical movement on it. It's yeah, a sl- it's a and it was one of the most effective pitches, at least at the midpoint of the season last year. Um the problem that he has is he kind of has a flat fastball. And when, yeah. when guys can really um, guess on that fastball, they can kind of rope it from time to time, which is why he goes that slider so often. But I, I like him. I like Luke Jackson. Who do you think, guys, is a surprise to make the roster that you would not have envisioned before our time going into summer camp? Yonder Alonzo. He was added yeah. to the 40-man roster this okay. week. I don't know sure. why they would add him to the 40-man roster unless they were going to carry him on the opening day roster. And I'm sure you know the reason why is because he's a first baseman and Freddie Freeman, there's all these question marks still surrounding Freddie. Even though he did come back, obviously these, the Alonzo move was probably made before um, t- Freddie had tested negative for, for COVID. So he's definitely one I didn't expect. Even if Freddie wasn't there, I would not have thought they would sign Yonder Alonso, put him on the roster. I, I would think they would just use Austin Riley or, or some other player to kind of play first base until Freddie got back. But there you go. I think any young prospect pitcher, as far as like relievers, probably didn't, didn't see that coming. Cause well, cause I guess we don't know who yet, but I mean, take your pick between Tucker Davidson, uh, Chris Russin, Patrick Weigel, um, I'm trying to think who else. But any of those young guys who, yeah, I probably wouldn't have seen coming. But now we're at a point where it's like, we're going to need their arm at some point, and guys keep falling down um, or are getting hit with COVID. So next man up. Do you think Alonzo might have been more of a reaction to the Puig stuff not happening? Because of was, the fact that I wasn't that, that move made before the Puig announced, like it was announced that he wasn't going to. Uh, it was around this. It was it was before, but they probably knew about the Puig positive test before Puig said anything. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering too, because I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the guys who wouldn't have made it amongst the guys of the position players. You know, like who who well the is not man, in there. Who who would have been the odd man out? Would have been Charlie Culberson? Yeah, would've... I think it would have been mm-hmm. Culberson who would have been the odd man out. They but, love but him now he's, though. I know, I know. They that's love my thing. him. That's my thing. Is is I I really do sometimes. I have to like divide that love of the actual individual person versus versus their play. I don't and do that with they, Luke Jackson, so feel free to. Well, sure, <laughs> but well, like Apparently. you guys, like you, you guys know because I've defended him in the group chat, and both of you are just like, I don't know what to do with you. My my affinity <laughs> for Ender Inciarte, like the guy is just incredible, and such I don't know, just such a warm, nice guy. He he makes some really flashy plays out in center field, and so I'm I just I'm I would buy stock in Ender Inciarte. All day, every day, even though I know he's, you know, very likely to be traded 
at some point, probably this season, uh, if not next. But when it when it comes to um, mind blank, who are we talking about? Charlie. Charlie. There Clutch. we go. Charlie. He's just such a, a friendly guy. And when everyone was poo-pooing on Yasiel Puig last week, Charlie came to his defense and was like, I played with him in L.A. and he's a good dude. And I was like, wow, you really – like you you might not make the team because of this guy and you're going out on a limb for him. All right, so I'm going to give you four names. A.J. Minter, Jacob Webb, Patrick Weigel, and Bryce Wilson. Which of these guys is I'm, – I'm, I'm guessing three of these four guys are bodies. Which one of those guys becomes an actual legitimate threat on this roster and which three of those guys stay bodies between Weigel, Webb, Minter, and Bryce Wilson? I like Webb personally. Um, just Webb, Webb was sneaky good last year, really good. Yeah, before the elbow issue, yep, yep. I, I will say I, I would have definitely leaned towards Webb. And if I remember correctly, it's it's been so long ago. I feel like I remember he was having a good spring before everything got shut down. Yeah, I, it was fun. It's interesting that you asked this question, Will. I was actually just kind of chatting with some people last night on Twitter about AJ Minter. Um, I the the conversation started because I had mentioned that I had never seen probably the one of the most devastated I'd I'd seen a player look last year was AJ Minter right before he got optioned down to Gwinnett. Um, I remember walking into the clubhouse and one night after he had you know had another poor outing and he was literally in surrender cobra pose just like in front of his locker like he could not believe what was going on and what and you know I think last year was really tough for him because 2018 he was really really good he was in great form and then he got into a car wreck in the um the summer or the spring training 2019 I think he only made like one spring training appearance before the season jammed his shoulder I want to say and I don't think he was ever quite healthy last year so I think that if AJ Minter does get right he probably has like the highest potential production out of that group that you mentioned but I don't think he had a great spring and I don't I don't really foresee that unfortunately for him so I would go with Webb as well I don't know if he's major league ready right now but I really like what I saw from Patrick Weigel I love I I do I do love Weigel I do love Weigel for sure I'm I'm right there with you and he's he had he has the numbers to back it up from last year. His ERA at the Double A level was under two, and then they got promoted to Gwinnett. He was six and one, uh, had a WHIP of one point one five, and his ERA was sub three. So, in in that case, you know, I feel like he's done enough to earn a look if that is needed. He's not ahead of anybody that I would think is is going to be given a chance to start right away. Uh, and again, for some reason, we keep getting force-fed Bryce Wilson. I think a lot of it has to do with his major league reps. But Probably. if anything, if there's a guy who I think I want to see more of because I have an optimistic view on his upside, I think it's Patrick Weigel. That's just me, though. Yeah, I think Weigel, I'm really glad you bring him up because he's like the perfect guy that I was kind of mentioning earlier in terms of some of these younger guys who are going to have a potential this season to kind of pitch themselves into contention to play on this team. And I think that maybe it might not be the case in a normal year you would see Patrick Weigel get regular reps in AAA that kind of thing but 
I think that what we're seeing this year is that if Brian Snickers made no bones about it, that if you are showing that you can perform and help the major league team contribute, then that's where you're going to be, regardless of kind of what your background is. You know, with with someone like Weigel, you're not going to be as worried about you know his the years you have um, of team control. I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Weigel is that guy. I think you know he. I would put him in the same group as the Tucker Davidsons, the Bryce Wilsons, the even the Ian Andersons. Like those, these guys are all going to have a chance to to get themselves into the majors this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if Weigel is one of the guys. Can I be completely honest with you guys, completely transparent in the fact that if you asked me to describe what Patrick Weigel looked like right now, I could not do it. (laughs) That guy, that is a name I have seen on paper affiliated with the Braves for a very long time. I know he has pitched. I know he's done (laughs) it. It's kind of got a squish face. It's kind of got a squish face. But I couldn't, like, I can't, I, I, maybe every time he's, pitched i've gone to the bathroom or done something else but i just can't i can't associate that guy being on the mound right now i just i'm sorry i can't do it i only know i only know what his avatar major league reps yet yeah yeah i I only know what his avatar looks like in uh mlb the show he's got a real uh (laughs) he's got a real abe gordon face he's got like okay kind of kind of a squish face very puffy rosy cheeks okay wow that's okay. Right? Yeah, shots fired. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's bad. You asked me to describe what Patrick Weigel looks like, and he's got a he's got an Abe-esque uh, face. Guy who's the executive producer of the morning show uh, with John and Hugh on 92.9 The Game. Uh, anyway, uh, hey, we I, have... Can I, can, ahead, can, can I... I want to elaborate on one more Braves topic that we touched on earlier in the show, but I want to bring it back around to it. Please don't tell me it's Luke Jackson. No. <laughs> as much as I want it to be, no. No, it's, it's back about Puig, and Caleb had mentioned it earlier, saying that um, it seems like some of the reports out there about the Braves and Puig are, to me, they're a little misguided, or they're like misleading people into what the situation actually is. I could totally see Puig being back with the Braves. Like, like I could st- still see him being a Braves player this year. Uh, in like it, two weeks. Yeah, the the headlines I've seen is like seems kind of attention grabby, like Braves Puig off, and yeah, it is right now. But I don't see how things are going to change drastically in the next two weeks. I, I guess the only kind of um, reason I could see for him the Braves to not be interested anymore is either if they get off to a really great start or get off to a terrible start or like, you know, somehow they're like, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to take the chance completely out of contention or, or they don't need them by the time. Yeah. Like they don't want to disrupt the, anything, whether it's the clubhouse, the lineup or whatever, if they're doing really well, that's the only reason I could see them not being interested. But yeah, that was the thing I kind of felt weird too. Like he tests positive for Rona and that's it. It's well, over. No, like, cause that- here, here was the thing is, is, the idea was he failed his physical, and so as it goes, whether it's you know NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball, if you fail your physical, the team isn't going to sign you at that point. But it's not like he had some heart issue or hamstring or a knee or an elbow or anything like that. It's just he tested positive for coronavirus, mm-hmm. which we assume he's going to be you know, past because he's asymptomatic. Yeah. He's asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. So he's going to move past it in a couple of weeks. And like, like we kind of been talking about, I think he'll be back with the team instead of being 
like some people are calling him the the Carmelo Anthony with the Hawks kind of right deal with, yeah, yeah. with the Braves, and it's like no. That's that's not Renee. it. It was a funny thing to put out there on Twitter. Uh, I'll be honest about that. But yeah, it's not the same situation. And the other thing about him being asymptomatic and how it relates to like the timetable, because that there, I've gotten lots of questions about that as well. Is like what like what is the timetable for somebody like Puig? And I'm, honestly, and obviously, we don't know that, right? It's just like as soon as his body can produce two negative tests, that's when it will be. But that varies for everybody. I will say the one interesting interesting thing, if he is still asymptomatic is that if you're asymptomatic, you don't know how long you've had it. And I assume that he's not being tested regularly like uh, normal you know, players that are already in Major League Baseball systems with teams would be. Uh, so maybe he's already had it for a while and he's like about to get over it. Like We just don't know. It could be a lot of people are using the two-week time frame because that seems to be around when a, a large cluster of people seem to be able to produce these negative tests. But... It could be in two days. Like, like we just don't know. So there's still so much to be determined. So we have the Marlins in here on Tuesday night and Wednesday afternoon. We actually get an opportunity to see them in a exhibition game setting. What are you looking for in these two games, guys, before we uh, send this team up to New York to face the Mets? Just get through healthy. Yeah, sir. Yeah. <laughs> just look, let, let's, you know, I think at that point, whereas I, I take very little away from the intra-squad scrimmages because guys have come to the podium time after time and be like, I was working on X, Y, and Z. And so that wasn't that wasn't a standard outing. You know, I, I, Mike Soroka, I think, was the first one who came and was, you know, saying there were, there were specific things that he was working on and specific things that he had been working on through the pandemic that he tried and weren't working and it was like yeah i'm gonna have to shelve that for a little while and and get back to you know what i do best essentially whereas now when when the braves face the mets it'll be more of you know game day truly you know what you're as far as pitchers what you're gonna throw hitters you know getting back in that timing kind of space but it's still like doesn't count so just get through healthy and let's get on to New York. So uh, have we agreed that we're going to do a second one this week, gentlemen, before opening day? Is I that think something? so. I think we'll, do, we'll do one Thursday before this. Yeah, because at that Friday? point we will have seen what happens with mm-hmm. New York. I mean, with uh, Miami, I should say. Roster and decision we, should be coming down at that point as well. So, And, of course, uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at Willie P. Style, at Patrick 200 and at ATLJohnson18. I know we had. I just didn't want to see the scared looks on either of your faces if that wasn't something that we had already kind of provisionally agreed to. Kind of like the voice that, or kind of like the face that Joe gave when Caleb said, Hey, Luke Jackson's going to be the closer <laughs> while Will Smith is out. I didn't oh, want to see man. that face again. Uh, but again, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, be sure to download the radio.com app and subscribe to the Batter Up podcast wherever you get your podcast. We will talk to you after the two exhibition games on Tuesday and Wednesday with a Thursday podcast, getting you ready for opening day in New York for Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson, Willie P. Will Palachik saying thank you so much for listening to the Batter Up podcast, a 92.9 The Game and radio.com exclusive. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.